0: Hello everybody. Welcome to the new year of the Sam and the Big Man NFL podcast. Sam Zickman, it's a very, very good evening and goodness me, hasn't it been a fascinating past 12 or 13 days in both the National Football League and in collegiate football. Good evening, sir. Uh, Great to be with you, David. Great to be back
1: talking NFL and college football been a, a longer break than we would normally have obviously very busy couple of weeks off the back of the new year and, and Christmas and obviously as Dave said happy new year to everyone but there is so much happening the college football season's finished but that hasn't stopped uh, the action in that sport and then obviously we've had so many things going on in the NFL and I know we talk about how quickly the NFL season flies by it feels like the off season goes forever and then we get into the season before we know it we've got through 18 weeks and we're into the playoffs but There's some exceptional playoff games scheduled for this weekend, and I can't wait to have a chat through them.
0: Absolutely. We're going to do things just slightly differently. We won't dwell too much on collegiate football. (laughs) However, before we go to the college football playoff, one of the biggest announcements I think in 15 or 20 years uh, has happened this morning, ladies and gentlemen the legendary coach of Alabama and before that LSU and before that Michigan State, Nick Saban has announced his retirement at the University of Alabama. This has enormous flow-on effects to college football. But um, Sam, I think he's in the top three college coaches ever, let alone football. I think John Wooden's at the top of the tree. You've certainly got to throw in Bobby Knight. But um, Nick Saban has been unbelievable In college football, he's actually won more championships than Bear Bryant did at Bama. And he's retired today. It's an extraordinary story. He's into his 70s. He had a contract till 2030, but obviously he's had decided he's had enough.
1: Yeah, unquestionably in the top three. I think you absolutely nailed it there with with your analysis on the three college football coaches um, that everyone has at the top of the tree. Um, It's a huge announcement. It's going to send shockwaves through college football landscape I think people were expecting Saban to see out this contract and then walk away so to have pulled the pin now will catch players players by surprise and the reason I bring that up is because the, the transfer portal rules have changed a lot in the NCAA you can freely move into that portal now um, I think we might see some top end players in Alabama potentially look at that portal now who have committed and signed um to Alabama off the back of playing under Nick Saban and obviously coaches, players who are committed to coming in, in the in the fall will obviously have to reassess their options now as well because this is a game changer. Um, but look, on, on I, I certainly don't discount um, Nick Saban making this decision. He's earned the right to do it. He's been phenomenal for such a long time. Um, he's been a game changer in all the programs that he's gone through. Um, obviously LSU and Michigan State as well as now Alabama. So credit on a wonderful career, uh, but
0: a huge loss to the college game. Absolutely. Um, and Michigan decided to pound, the, so unsurprisingly, pound the football and hold on to it. And it was a pretty good game of football, actually. That scoreline probably doesn't belie the full truth. Michigan becoming the champions of the United States collegiately, winning 34-13 over a very brave and gallant. Washington Huskies, but they just pounded them, didn't they, Sam? They pounded it and pounded it and pounded it. What I I thought was really smart about the way
1: Michigan went about it, and look, if we had had an opportunity to go through and look at this match, I I felt like Washington were going to be in the game and that, you know, I guess when you look at the box score and the way it played out, they were in it at times. The scoreboard, as you mentioned, David, really didn't reflect that. It reflects a blowout. It was much closer than that. Um, but what was so smart about the way Michigan played this game is that they smashed them on the ground to start and finish, but through the middle of the game, they gave JJ McCarthy an opportunity to throw the ball. So the yes, he only went ten for eighteen, 140 yards, but what he was able to do was make that throwing impact on the game. You know, after a really hot start on the ground when he was freed up, and then they went back to the ground at the end. So Donovan Edwards had the first two touchdowns of the game. Blake Corum had the final two touchdowns of the game. Um, 303 yards on the ground, uh, absolutely pounded them through when they needed to. Um, disappointing game from Washington's big players. So Michael Penix Jr., who had just an all-time game against Texas in the semifinal. Oh, my
0: goodness me. Unbelievable.
1: Oh. And he has such a powerful arm. He's going to go – I think he'll go in the top 12 picks in the NFL draft, and we'll do a draft preview Uh, As we get closer to the draft, we're obviously still a long way away, but people are talking about it already. Michael Penix Jr.'s game against Texas elevated him to probably a top 10 pick. He's obviously come off a little bit based on his performance on the weekend, Uh, 255, uh, 27 for 51, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, The big target's Roma Dunze, who's going to go in the top five as a receiver. Look, he was serviceable, but not brilliant. Jalen McMillan, who will also go probably top 20 in the draft, mm-hmm. um, six for 33, one touchdown. So, look, he, his weapons um, were serviceable, but not brilliant, and neither was he. Um, the draft stock across these two different teams has just gone up and down throughout the last six weeks. Blake Corum, for example, has been a person people have suggested maybe the first running back off the board. He's now looking like he might be the third running back off the board, and he had a really good game. J.J. McCarthy probably a second round pick in the NFL draft. Um, I would think he's more of a game manager at the moment. Um, Not unlike what Dak Prescott was when he came into the league. Um, Such a strong arm. I think J.J. McCarthy would build into a really solid NFL quarterback. But look, congratulations to Michigan. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what Harborough does now. I think he'll come back to the NFL. I think he's done at Michigan. I think there'll be a number of jobs up for grabs for him. Uh, to move back
0: into the NFL, and, and there'll be a lot of teams who want him as well. Yeah, we've actually pr- spoken about Jim Harbaugh. Now he's got a national championship under his belt. Uh, I might add it, his alma mater. There's, I've got an article open, which we'll talk about later, so I won't go to Jim Harbaugh now, but please, can I flag that I'd like to talk about where he ends up on the carousel. There's been yes. a whole stack of things happening, even in the last 48 hours. There's been even more uh, coaches out the door. Mike um, like Rabel's gone. Yeah, well I reckon I know where he's gonna end up. Yeah, I think the Patriots will be calling. I've I mean he's Southern he,
1: Massachusetts. He,
0: absolutely.
1: What I actually like about, and I know we're kind of segueing now into the NFL, what what I, and I definitely think we should come back to Jim Harborough. What's interesting about Mike Rabel is that he He is a Patriot. Obviously, he won through three Super Bowls at the Patriots, but he's not from the coaching tree of Bill Belichick. And I actually think that's in his favour because I feel like the Patriots, they're going to move on from Belichick in in whichever way that happens, whether they trade him, whether they release him. They'll probably end up getting a draft pick for him. Where he goes is actually very, very interesting. I think a few few teams in the the playoffs right now, a first-round exit, could mean a coaching change in Bill Belichick, but yeah, Mike Vrabel's an interesting one. He's a Patriot person, but he's not a Bill Belichick person, and I think that's important
0: for for bringing him in. I think they need a clean slate, and I think that he would work well with uh, with Mr. Kraft and Jonathan Kraft as well. So, and that's extremely important at Foxborough. That, but they're, they're a family at New England. They're, they're actually a family, and he's part of that family. So, yeah. Okay, some extraordinary results and some of the results affected by teams uh, resting. We'll go through them quickly and then go onto our schedule. And the last thing we'll talk about will, will be the coaching carousel and where we think some people will end up. Um, the Ravens rested all their plays and the Steelers beat them seven and 10. And for the Steelers, just a few weeks ago, Mike Tomlin's job was in jeopardy and they're in the playoffs, remarkable, 10 and seven. And the Steelers finished off, remember, beating Seattle in Seattle and Baltimore and Baltimore. You've got to give it to them. They wanted to be there. Then the Texans beat the Colts, and unbelievably, this result meant that the Texans, who have been the butt of jokes for three or four years, they bring in new people, they bring in Nick Casario, and they're the divisional champions and the people of Houston who've been starved of football success. They've had baseball, of course, in the last six, seven years. The Texans are divisional champions. And personally, having lived in Houston, that is absolutely thrilling. CJ Stroud on on the Texans.
1: The selection of CJ Stroud at number two in the draft, and um, wow, unbelievable! He has been an outstanding. He's he's in the top.
0: I would say he's in the top five quarterbacks in the league now as a rookie. Yeah, and do you do you uh, (laughs) and you wonder what Carolina are thinking? That's all I can say because Bryce Young's got a lot to prove. What they gave up for Bryce Young.
1: In hindsight, and we've we'll and I think the key difference is I just don't know if the same weapons and protection on the offensive line exist between the two teams at the moment, which is why we haven't seen the best sure. out of Bryce Young. But that on, on paper right now looks like a historic,
0: terrible trade for Carolina and an unbelievable trade for the Texans. Absolutely, it does. The Browns rested plays are going to come back to Browns because they are seriously dangerous. The Cleveland Browns, Bengals beat them and end up nine and eight. Which in the with what's happened to the Bengals this year, finishing nine and eight is actually good football. But they have been very resilient, and I'm sure their very rabid fan base will be okay. The Lions beat my Vikings thirty to twenty. The Vikings have got a lot of work to do, and the little results that they won last year, they didn't win this year. But this wasn't little. Detroit's a very good football side, and I think they'll make the second week of the playoffs. The Titans knocked the Jaguars out of the playoffs, and the Jaguars spiralled, absolutely spiralling. You wonder what's going to happen, and there's already been some, some coach firings in Jacksonville. Not the head coach. He's gone and sacked some of his people. The Jets put the end to a sorry Patriots season, uh, and the Jets at, at 7 and 10 will be thinking, you know what? We get one of the best quarterbacks in history back next year, hopefully fully fit. That Not everything's wrong at the, at the New York Jets. They've got something to work with.
1: Their draft is going to be really interesting because of yes. where they've landed now because what are they, they really need pre- a bit more protection on the offensive line for Aaron Rodgers, but they could also go out and get a game-changing wide receiver at that pick because of just how loaded this draft. It's actually unbelievable how many top-end wide receivers there are in the first round of this draft. You could see as much... Honestly, there could be 10, 10 wide uh, receivers taken in the first round.
0: And it, there's an ESPN prediction today in the top th- the top six that they predicted are three quarterbacks, then three wide receivers, yep. with the consensus best player being Marvin Harrison Jr. and the consensus number one draft pick being Caleb Williams. Yep. But I don't think there's much doubt that Marvin Harrison's the best player all round in this draft. And if he ends up in Zona. The idea oh, of him turning up with wow. a fit Kyler Murray, the wow. people in our in Phoenix will be absolutely frothing at the mouth. It's
1: it's very likely that it goes quarterback, quarterback, quarterback because of the way Jalen Daniels has finished off his college season. It's very likely that Marvin Harrison Jr. falls to four, and that and that gets him to zona, and that which gets is dis- unbelievable if Arizona pick up. Marvin Harrison Jr. You just you put
0: him down now as being you know a, a top five wide receiver in year one, and he gets to play indoors, away from the heat on grass, which as a wide receiver you want to do. I tell you what, I actually, lo- do, I actually don't like the landing spot of any of those
1: um, second and third quarterbacks. I think if unless there's a trade at the top, I actually think Chicago is a good landing spot. For Caleb Williams, but I, I really don't like Washington or New England as landing spots for um, Drake May or um, or for Jalen Daniels at this point. But, again, we're, we're diving into a, a draft rabbit hole. I know we love our draft. It's actually – the NFL draft is almost – it's the
0: number one draft for me. I absolutely love it. it. Uh, um, as you know, I spent a lot of time watching sport documentary. The best documentary I have ever seen, the two best, are When We Were Kings, The History of the Rumble in the Jungle and the Elway to Marino draft analysis. Yep, yep. Which is, Agree. if you watch it, if you are involved in football, and if you, even if you're not, go and watch Elway and Marino on KO. It is absolutely riveting what happened and how drafts work. The Saints caused some controversy, beat Fal- the Falcons 48-17, and there's another coach that lost his job. We'll come back to that. The Bit Buccaneers, of controversy there too with that oh, last play. That was poor, Sam. Sam, you're very big. Um, in, in your role, you're very big on doing the right thing, having a good culture. You play for a club with a very good football club, uh, with a very good culture that doesn't put up with, with idiots easily. But that particular bit of culture at the end of that game, I think the Falcons have got some right to be upset. I honestly think it was poor judgment.
1: Yeah, and I think it poorly reflects on Arthur Smith too, the fact that that happened. Um, you know, that's it's really poor. You just... You, you can't have a quarterback doing that, Jamison Williams. And look, I understand the reasons why he did it, and the team supported him. But it just that would not happen under a stronger coach who had more control of their team. Like it just, it absolutely would not happen. Um, yeah, I, I'm really unfortunate look. It was an unsavory incident. I don't think either coach looked great at the end of it after what happened on field. Um, maybe the defense should have been aware that something like could have been happening. So I do leave it. That's why I leave it a little bit on on the coaches as well there from the Falcons. But, look, they're in victory formation. Um, It's poor. Jameson Williams is obviously copying a a lot of heat for it. Um,
0: Jameson Winston, sorry, is copying a lot of heat for it. But, yeah, pretty poor all around that one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers found a way to win their division. They did it by beating the Panthers nine blot, and they won the division and get a home final. And, quite frankly, the way Philadelphia are playing, Tampa Bay and that game's going to be played in 22 degrees Celsius in Tampa, their favourites, Tampa. The Packers, Sam has been talking about Jordan Love for six weeks, and the Packers came from nowhere and get a playoff berth. It's an extraordinary performance. I think it was very important, that final game, because the Bears didn't go away again. 7 9 old-fashioned black and blue football, but the Packers under Jordan Love into the playoffs. How's this, how's,
1: how's this from Jordan Love? 27 of 32, 32.
0: 316
1: yards, two touchdowns. Uh, passer rating, uh, 128.6. Unbelievable performance from Jordan Love. Um, I would have Jordan Love in the top eight quarterbacks in the league at the moment. Uh, and he's doing this all without Christian Watson. And he's doing this all with a, just a fleet of, of receivers that you just hadn't heard of before this year and started Bo Melton only got signed two weeks ago to the active roster. Dontavio Wicks was a fifth-round pick. Jaden Reed is a, is a reasonable player. Uh, but still, um, unbelievable what Jordan Love is doing. Give give him some weapons and another year under his belt, and I feel like you've got a, a top-three quarterback in the league, which is unbelievable at Greenway. They're going to hit three in a row. They're going to have 30 years, 35 years worth of,
0: worth of elite quarterbacking. Yes, they are. The Raiders beat the Broncos, strangely, in a game that didn't matter at all. Twenty-seven, fourteen. Both teams finishing eight and nine. Denver just failed at the end. The Raiders actually did pretty well after they sacked Josh McDaniel, But the Raiders are a really interesting player in the coaching carousel. The Giants beat the Eagles, 27-10, and the Eagles finished eleven, a one and five in their last six. And Sam will have a big smile on his face when we talk about that. The, the we'll ramifications. Played play their, play their starters for the first half too in that game. The Seahawks beat the Cardinals 21-20, but they fell out of the playoffs and there's been another coaching uh, changeover after that result. The Chiefs are not playing good football, but they did win over the Chargers 13-12 um, and finish off the season and they end up 11-6, and not a bad record for them and they get a home final, that's important. And remember, if things extraordinary stuff has to happen, but the Chiefs can still get a home AFC Championship game, they won't, they won't, but they can. The Rams beat the Niners 21-20. Carson Wentz at his fourth, uh, his fourth club getting them home 21-20. Rams dangerous. And the that particular game, we'll spend some time on that. The, the, that is absolutely mouthwatering Los Angeles and Detroit. And if you'd if you'd heard me say those those words 12 months ago, you'd just ask me, uh, ask me where I'd been and what I'd been taking. That we'll come back to that. But the Rams do the job. The Cowboys have been very good and they win their division by a game. And I don't think anybody could have predicted that six or seven weeks out. The Cowboys 38-10 over the hapless Commanders. The Commanders another losing season. Dak Prescott, I think, is going to finish second in the MVP voting. I think he'll finish second. And in the game that really did count and has completely changed the outlook of the playoffs, this one game changed everything, everybody. The Buffalo Bills went to Miami, won 21-14, completed a season sweep over the Dolphins and got themselves. And five weeks ago, they weren't a chance of this. We were talking Buffalo missed the playoffs. That was dead set we
1: did. Absolutely, we were. Uh, and I think the, the point you raised about the Chiefs potentially hosting a conference championship game went out the window when the Bills got the second. If Miami had finished second, I think it was absolutely feasible that – 'Cause I think Miami are just like unfortunately, because of the amount of injuries they've had, they're just gonna they're gonna fall over in the playoffs. Um, Baltimore and this is this is not having a shot of Baltimore or Lamar Jackson, but they have been incredibly poor in the playoffs over the last few years, not fired a single shot. Um but I think with Buffalo, they're the dark horse now, they've got themselves into a second seed and they could potentially be hosting um a conference championship game if things go their way, and that's very, very dangerous. Um Really impressed with the way they've gone about it. Um, Josh Allen, both running the football and passing the football, just looks like a quarterback
0: who's going to be incredibly dangerous in the playoffs. And absolutely no one will want to play games in Orchard Park, particularly deep into the playoffs. No, no. one. No. I'd rather play – Baltimore's not warm, but you don't want to play in Orchard Park. The playoff standings are these. Baltimore finished top of the AFC and they, everybody, get a very, very important week off. So their players will get – they'll have three weeks so they get everybody right as much as they can. Buffalo finished second, Kansas City third, Houston Texans fourth. They're your divisional champions. The wild card's in order, Cleveland, Miami and Pittsburgh. So this week we'll come to the schedule. And it's Buffalo and Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Miami – Houston and Cleveland. Over in the NFC, the Niners finish top um, by uh, by percentage in conference games. The Niners get the week off. Dallas in second, Detroit in third, Tampa Bay in fourth. So they're, they're your divisional winners. And then Philly, Los Angeles, Rams and Green Bay. Let's go and look at the schedule and the draw. So these are Australian Eastern Daylight Times, everybody. Sunday at 8.30 a.m., Cleveland head to NRG Stadium in Houston um, where the uh, college football final was played, actually. That's the first game, 8.30 a.m., followed immediately by Miami at Kansas City. So two AFC games to start on the Sunday. Monday Australian time. Interestingly, the way this has worked out is that the three AFC games are actually first. Yeah. Pittsburgh and Buffalo in the early game at Orchard Park and everybody the forecast in Orchard Parks not bad it's minus four <laughs> Celsius not bad we'll when you compare to- it to Kansas City <laughs> Kansas City's the start of the game ladies and gentlemen so Kansas City's got the night set on the Saturday of course the games in Houston Dallas and Detroit are indoors and Tampa's in Florida but the temperature at Kansas City where Gijar Fields outdoors minus 18 Celsius to start the game. And they've got Miami. And Miami traditionally struggle in cold weather. Oh, I can't see Kansas City losing. I just can't.
1: Oh, but absolutely not. That's just like the worst of the worst for Miami. In the that, injuries, minus right. 18.
0: And a week away, a week, a week before they were planning on playing on South in South Beach. Pittsburgh and Buffalo's game one on Monday in Australia, followed by Green Bay at Dallas. And then, oh, my goodness, the Sunday night game. The Rams at Detroit. The Stafford golf ball, goodness me, What there's so many stories there. And then the Monday night football, this is the one I don't agree with because I think this game should be played on Saturday. I don't think they should have to play Monday night. I think that's rough justice. Philly get Tampa. That's at Raymond James Stadium. And that game, the Philadelphia players will actually be working out this week early on. Um, they may not be there. No, they won't be there yet. They'll be working in a, in a chamber, temperature controlled chamber in Philly because they're going to sweat up. It's going to be 22 degrees in Tampa, so that'll be warm. Let's go through them: Cleveland at Houston. As good as the Texans have been, I think Cleveland's the most dangerous, the most dangerous wild card in the AFC by miles. For me, is Cleveland. It's not even close for me. I think they're, the, I think they're very dangerous football club.
1: They are. Joe Flacco has been here before many, many times. In fact, more experienced than a lot of quarterbacks that are going around. Um, It's going to be a really solid game, this one, to start everything off. I've got Cleveland as well, um, despite the fact that they're going to be on the road in Houston. I think Houston are going to be wrapped to be in the playoffs. I think CJ Stouds done a great job. Um, Nico Collins has been superb in the wide receiving as well. It's going to come down to the wire. This one I've, I've got it by, if I had to pick a margin, I'd probably say one to two points for the Browns. I just think that Joe Flacco will be able to manage this game, uh, to a T. I think the Browns have actually really righted the ship since Joe Flacco has got involved. He's been able to look around the field and he's had some really good weapons to throw the ball to. Been really impressed with the way he's been able to form relationships um, with the team. I think in Joku, the tight end in particular, uh, and Joe Flacco have formed a really strong relationship, and, and they're going to have just enough weapons to get them across the line on this one, David. So I've got the Browns.
0: Got the Browns 21 14 because they've got a superb defence. They'll put pressure on Stroud left, front, right, and centre. They'll shut them down. I've got the winning by touchdown. Don't think it'll be very high scoring, uh, but I think that Flacco will guide them to a victory. They've got to hold on the football as you always do. But I think Cleveland will win by a touchdown. Miami at Kansas City, as I said, in minus eighteen degrees Celsius to start the game outdoors at Arrowhead. Um, I'm sorry, it's Kansas City by seven to ten for me. Miami is banged up; they've got some great weapons, but they're not. Even though Kansas City aren't playing great football, they are almost impossible to be almost at Arrowhead in the playoffs. The Patriots did it once, but. I don't think they can be beaten. I think Kansas City by 7-10 for me. It's amazing how many of these games have got like a storyline with a player returning
1: against a former team or, you know, quarterbacks in particular. But Tyreek Hill obviously going back to Kansas City here, he won't be afraid of the weather. He'll be used to it. Um, So I think that that that's a positive, but he's also banged up. Um, Geez, Tua led him into such a dangerous pass in the game last week over the middle and... Kyrie Kill looks looks like he's battered and bruised. Jalen Waddle could be back for this game. Um, I don't particularly like Jalen Waddle in the cold. Uh, he's a player who in his first few years in the league tends to get hurt. I think, you know, Kansas City will be, be out to make forceful contact on these Miami receivers. Tua's not a running quarterback. He's going to have to pass. And for that reason, I've got Kansas City as well by at least a touchdown. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, which might potentially keep the Dolphins in it for a little bit. I'd say the only way the Dolphins win this game is if Tyreek Hill goes off the chain for two
0: hundred plus and maybe three touchdowns. I think that's the only way they could get across the line. Miami have to. If Miami win, it'll be in a shootout. If it's a defensive attritional game, Kansas City will ground them into the into the turf. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Well, Pittsburgh's used. to One thing Pittsburgh won't be worried about is playing outdoors in the cold. That's one thing that won't happen. The Buffalo Bills are coming on strong. And I, you wonder whether Baltimore is looking over their shoulder. Who would they be looking at? They know Cleveland well, but I reckon it's Buffalo that are dangerous. I'm, Pittsburgh's done an amazing job. They've been amazing, but their best player is not playing. Gone. TJ Watt. Gone. It's an MR. Uh, he, he had a, a, he's got a sprained knee. Uh, again, especially in front of those lunatics in Buffalo. They're just mad. They're, their fans are crazy. Um, Buffalo by 10 for me. I think they're that much better than them uh, at at reasonable strength. And Allen will hold on to the ball. They, they will run a lot, Buffalo, but they'll win.
1: Yeah, James Cook will run. Uh, he's been really impressive for Buffalo. Look, Najee Harris is questionable at the moment for Pittsburgh. They've obviously got Warren as a, as a backup running back. Najee Harris will be really, really important. Um, offensively for the Steelers. If Najee Harris doesn't get up, um, this is going to be a really tough challenge uh, for Pittsburgh offensively. We already know defensively without TJ White, it's going to be a huge struggle. Um, I think this will probably be one of the larger margins of the week. I've got the
0: Bills comfortably. I think they'll win by 10 plus. Dallas and Green Bay, considered that it's, in, it's in, in, going to be played in perfect conditions. This could be a dead set shootout. Um, I've got Dallas. I think that they are a very dangerous football side. I think that they're clearly the second best team in the NFC right now, clearly. And I've got them, I think it'll be something like 35-27. I think both quarterbacks will have a merry day. But eventually I think Dallas is, Dallas, will, Dallas will force a turnover somewhere, uh, either at least one, and I think they'll get home. I just don't think that they're, I think they're very hard to beat in Arlington. And remember, they'll get their first two finals in Arlington before they probably have to head to Santa Clara. But no, I've got Dallas something like 35 27, and not just because you're on here. I actually genuinely think that. And I do think that Green Bay's got the potential to put points on them. Yeah, well, only undefeated team in the league at home is Dallas,
1: the highest plus minus margin at home of any team. Um, they're putting up more points, 15, um, yeah, 12 to 15 more points on average every time they play at home. That's why it was so critical that, you know, Philly fell apart and Dallas were able to scoop up the pieces that were the division um and take it out. Look, twelve and five is a really good record. It's actually a consistent record for the Cowboys, three years in a row. Love finishing at twelve and five. They've got the division. They've got two games at home. If they win this first one, that is super critical. Green Bay and the Rams. I don't think I don't think Detroit and Dallas really wanted to play either of those two teams. They're playing really, really good football. Um Green Bay and the Rams, the Rams probably slightly superior. I'd say Detroit um, quietly a little bit filthy about copying the Rams as a seven seed, obviously coming back, uh, sorry, as a six seed, obviously winning that game um, right at the death. Otherwise, it would have been Green Bay sitting in the six seed. But I agree. I think Green Bay and Jordan Love have probably batted a bit above their average in terms of the you know the stock they've got, certainly offensively in terms of the receivers. I think they'll bring it up to Dallas. I agree they'll score. I just think they'll have too much the Cowboys. C.D. Lamb is a top three wide receiver in the league now. Dak Prescott, um, second best, if not the best. And I, I agree, David, he'll finish second in the MVP. I don't think enough consideration has been given to Dak. I feel like he potentially could be the MVP. His stats certainly suggest he could be. Um, he'll do enough. They'll score in the 30s. I agree. It's probably somewhere 22-35, 29-35,
0: something like that. But I've got, I've got Dallas progressing. And the next two games get really interesting. I'm going to be fascinated to see who Sam selects here. This is fascinating. The Los Angeles Rams have the late game on Sunday. This game's indoors at Ford Field in Detroit in Michigan in Motown. This is a fascinating matchup. The betting lines are 240 uh, Los Angeles at $1.58 Detroit. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go first here. I'm gonna pick the Rams. I think that they've been on the up and up and up. They're in great form. I think it'll mean I I understand that Goff's got a chip on his shoulder, but I actually think that the Rams are very dangerous. I think of the wild cards in the NFC, they're the most dangerous and I'm going to pick him in an upset in a very high scoring game like 41 34 or 30 41 37 but I think LA in an upset to win
1: it's a, look it's a it's a good call uh I think the Rams resurgence this year has been off the back of two unbelievable offensive selections in the draft um Kyron Williams, who oh. in, in half a season has put up the statistics as a running backs, most running backs would dream of for an entire season. Um, he's up to nearly 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns in half a season. Unbelievable. And Packing the Cow, who set the receiving and receptions record for a rookie um, coming from a late, I think he might have been a third or fourth round pick. Unbelievable. I have to confirm that, um, and I will, but definitely a late pick. No one expected him to do what he's done. He's up to nearly 1,500 yards and six touchdowns. Matt Stafford, incredibly poor in the first half of the season, injured shoulder. He's come back and and off the back of some offensive weapons, he's had a resurgence. But having said that, um, I'm going to differ. I'm going to give the win here, in in my mind, to Detroit. I think Jared Goff will do enough. I like Gibbs. I like Montgomery. I, I really like Armand Russell Brown. I've been on him, and we have been on him on this podcast since he was a rookie. I think they'll do enough at home. It'll be a really close contest. I believe there could be there could be some reasonable scores put up in this mm-hmm. game. I'm thinking probably high 20s, low 30s for both teams, but I'll have Detroit to win. I think they'll possess the ball last, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. So I'm thinking the margin is going to be somewhere between
0: one and three for Detroit. And the last game's really interesting. Philly are away to Tampa. Philly are favored on on the TAB. Uh, I didn't I a month ago you would have sworn that this would not be a game. Uh, I'm doubtful that Philly can win. Uh, I just I think they're in real trouble and they don't know what Jalen Hurts is banged up. And I'm actually going to pick Tampa. I think Tampa can win this game like 14-7 or 17-10. I just think they'll ground them out. They've got the fundamentals of a good side, and Baker Mayfield is the resurrection story of the year. I don't care what anybody says. He's been a very good quarterback for them because he's been disciplined, Um, and he's found a happy place. I'm picking Tampa by seven.
1: I'm picking Tampa as well. I think Baker Mayfield will just eat this um, secondary of Philadelphia to pieces, as most teams have done over the last eight weeks. i tell you what, Philly had wanted to be a low-scoring game because if there's points put up on the board, it's going to be Tampa Bay that's doing it. Tampa Bay defensively are really solid. They'll keep Jalen Hurts honest. Jalen Hurts has been poor this year. In fact, um, reading an interesting article about the season where Dak Prescott two seasons ago um, copped a lot of flack for a really poor touchdown-to-interception ratio, exactly the same as what Jalen Hurts said this year, 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, um, really loose with the ball. AJ Brown, he's not coming – he hasn't been put on the injury report, but he limped off last week's game early uh, and didn't play in the second half, although obviously he's okay. I just – obviously there's a slight – I give a slight advantage in the running game um, to Philadelphia, but the passing game uh, is all Tampa Bay. The defense is all Tampa Bay. They're at home. Um, I think it'll be a close game for the most part, but I feel like Tampa Bay will do
0: too much and they'll get up by somewhere between a field goal and a touchdown. And interestingly, if the selections go um, – we'll run through this now before we have finish off looking at some coaching options. If the results go as we have tipped, that being Cleveland, Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC, interestingly, Cleveland would play their divisional counterparts Baltimore and Baltimore, and Kansas City and Buffalo would resume their epic rivalry but that, wow. that game would be in Orchard Park. Yep, first road game for Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Ever, other than Super Bowls. And in the Correct. NFC, San Francisco, interestingly, if, with what we've I've tipped, Tampa would avoid the Niners but go to Dallas and yes. LA would play the Niners. With what Sam said, Sam's picked the divisional champions, I believe, and um, it would be Tampa... Going to San Francisco and Detroit to Dallas if Sam's tips come true. And I must um, admit,
1: I, I, from a from a Cowboys' point of view, I don't mind that. I don't mind the idea of Tampa Bay
0: coming to Dallas in week two. Oh, I'd be pretty happy with that. That's the best result for them. And Baltimore would be worried because Cleveland, Cleveland's the best defensive, almost defensive team oh, in America. Absolutely, absolutely, and there no fear. Cleveland won't have any fear of Baltimore. No, and Kansas City and Buffalo just. He's astonished oh. the, the concept of that. Th- so that'll, be the, our... th- that'll be the Sunday night game. And the only, so the only one we differ on is that Sam's gone Detroit, I've gone the Rams. We all go, we've gone, the, picked the card, the rest, which is Cleveland over Houston, Kansas City over Miami, Buffalo over Pittsburgh, Big D over Green Bay, and Tampa over Philly. Okay, the coaching carousel. Oh. These coaches have now gone, as of this morning, Josh McDaniels at, Lo- at Las Vegas, yep. at Carolina Frank Reich, Brandon Staley at the Chargers, Arthur Smith from the Falcons, gone. The Commanders fired, fired Ron Rivera Monday morning American time, and on Tuesday the Titans fired Mike Vrabel. And this morning Pete Carroll's been moved out of the coaching role into yep. what they say is an advisor role. I cannot see him doing that. If no. I was an incoming head coach, I'd say piss him off. That's the yeah. first thing I'd say. Uh, okay. Um,
1: and, and I was shocked with that too. I thought that I thought Pete Carroll's done a
0: reasonable job. But anyway, he's out too. Sam, Sebs, Sam seven jobs. It, Sam, your name's Sam Harbor. You've just won the championship at your Alabama in front of your beloved fans at Ann Arbor. You've got to you get given uh, some choices to make. Where do you go if you are Jim Harbor right now and you want to make an immediate impact? Because I think I know what you'll say, um, but I'll wait for what I think you're going to say. Where do you go for Jim Harbaugh out of that?
1: So there's two. There's head versus heart here because the head would be what saying charges. What does the char- head say? Chargers. Right. heart? The heart. Ra- Raiders.
0: Okay. I think for so me. Because
1: he started his coaching tenure at the Raiders.
0: For me, it's both are the same. I'm going. I think it's so far. And I also think that I think that there's an undercurrent here that they're trying to find the Chargers another place to play because as you pointed out, you've been to SoFi. They play away games now. And that's very hard. They play away games every week. Okay. You just you just can't win in this league
1: without a good quarterback. And I and I know that the look, Vegas will will draft a quarterback to make it a contest for Aiden O'Connell. Um, And he was pretty good. He he was actually pretty good at O'Connell. So he'll be, it'll be a contest, but I think they'll draft, uh, you know, Bo Nix or someone, um, someone like that, Michael Penix Jr., perhaps could end up there or or potentially in Atlanta. So they'll draft a young quarterback, the the Raiders. And we know that Jim Harbrow is a quarterback whisperer. Uh, I mean, see what he did with Alex Smith when he was, uh, when he was at, at San Francisco. So he, he'll be wonderful with a young quarterback. And I actually think whichever quarterback ends up as a starter in in, in the team where Jim Harbaugh is will be really, really happy. And I think he will be wonderful uh, with Justin Herbert. I feel like the best job on the table is the Chargers job just because of Justin Herbert. He's the best quarterback on any of these seven jobs that are available. Unquestionably.
0: Where does Bill Belichick end up if he's in a head coaching role? <sighs>
1: Interestingly enough, I think this has a lot to do with what happens between Dallas and Green Bay. I think if Dallas lose to Green Bay, that Bill Belichick might end up in
0: Dallas. Wow. God, that's a big call. McCarthy hasn't been a failure in Dallas. He hasn't been, but if he loses to Green Bay,
1: he'll be out. He'll get sacked. There's no way they'll bring oh, him back I'm if he loses. Sorry,
0: I, 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 can't do, I have to agree. You're a Dallas fan, but watching on, I think you're right. I think Jerry Jones is impatient for success. He's impatient and Bill Belichick
1: will come in. The thing is Bill Belichick's got to be open in Dallas to just being the coach because he won't run that. He won't ever run the team. That's what Jerry Jones does. Um, I think there's a really good opportunity for that. Otherwise, I think there's also a viable option that Bill Belichick might take a year
0: off. Okay. And I also think uh, I, I had been thinking the Raiders, but I think that I don't know if the rage I'm not sure if Mark Davies is the most the person you want to work for. Uh, I'm not just not convinced. He definitely won't go to Washington or Atlanta, guarantee it, nor all Carolina. Um Seattle's an interesting one. And then the others, well I reckon if belichick has gone, I reckon Vrabel slingshot straight to New England.
1: Yep, agree. That's where he ends up. I can't see I can't see anybody else in the current class of coaches. Because Jim is not going there. There's no way. No one wants to follow. You don't want to follow the legend. You want to follow the person who follows the legend. I don't think Vrabel will be worried about that, uh, because he's already a legend, for, at least from a playing perspective at New England. So I think that's Rabel's job. I think the Titans knew it. I think they just decided just to move on. I didn't I don't think the Titans ever thought there was a way that they could have gone, you know, like for like and traded um Rabel for Belishek.
0: So they just moved on. And the, the whisper already is that Dan Quinn, who's already spent time in Seattle, will be on his way to take it, to to look after the the team at Lumen Field. It'll be watch this space. There's so many options. There really is. I see Leslie Frazier's being mentioned in, in dispatches as well. He's got head coaching experience. Oh, goodness me, it's it's fascinating. But yes, I think Jim Harbor for mine um is on his way he's on his way to so far. I really do. Yeah. No. I, I think it's either that. Or it, that would be the job I would take if I was in his.
1: And he's got the pick. He's the first, He's number one. I mean, Bill Belichick as well. But I think, I think because he's a more of a defensive coach, uh, and I think because Harbrow is more offensive minded and a bit of a quarterback whisperer, I feel like he's going to sit at the top of the tree in terms of he'll have the pick. Belichick would have second. Uh, obviously, um, Rabel will go. I think we all agree goes to the Patriots. The jobs I just don't know who's going to want some of these jobs at the moment. Look, Who Washington wants to go
0: to Carolina.
1: Oh, I don't know. I just that's a basket case. Um, look, Washington could do some really cool things in the draft. They could trade up to pick one and take Caleb Williams, and then that would change my mind about the Washington job. Um, and that's possible. It's possible that. Um, Chicago might decide that, that they want to stay with Fields um, and they could trade down. Because what could be really interesting um, from a Chicago point of view is they could trade down two or three picks, you know, trade down one pick, take Margaret Harrison Jr., pick up a first round pick next year and stick with Justin Fields. I don't think they will. I think they'll take um, Caleb Williams and I think they'll trade Justin Fields, whether they trade him immediately or whether they hold on to him as a backup and then trade him uh, to a team that needs him in the new year. Um, yeah really interesting things are going to happen around this draft but the Washington job not overly impressed to me neither is the um the Atlanta job I'm not sure I'd really want that one and obviously I, I wouldn't want the Carolina one
0: Well 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 fascinating we've got to, we're, uh, this weekend's football it's it's a nirvana it's six finals games it's just enormous so make sure you enjoy your football Sam thank you so much for your time it's been great Thanks, talking David. football with you look forward to seeing you next week Great. Great to chat. and We'll catch up next week. On behalf of Sam, this is David. Take care, everybody. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.